Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. Hello there. I'm Ryan Key. Hey, everyone. This is Nick Gambarian. This ain't a scene. It's a goddamn podcast. This is Mike Forrester. <laughs> what up, dudes? Well played, sir. Uh-huh. Locked and loaded. All night. Mike locked and loaded Forrester. <laughs> He had that one. He had that one on deck for oh, sure. Oh man, you should wait and see the ones I got. We're ready. Oh, here we go. You've been thinking about it all day, huh? All day. There's there's notes for the show, and then then Mike has his own I've, notes. I've just been killing time until uh, until we were gonna do this. He's got a personal cache of puns of music <laughs> puns just locked. So there's like a whole separate display, a whole separate monitor yeah. full of them. It's a list yeah, of it's, cool things to say. Right. Uh, stock tickers. For normal people, but for me, emo puns over on the side. So we're emo pun ticker. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. We're doing it up. So for anyone who is listening to this podcast, anything for the first time, welcome. We were just live with two of the three band accounts, Yellow Card and Story of the Year. Never done that from Story of the Year. Because tonight on this Star Wars podcast, we're gonna talk about Star Wars, but we mainly are gonna talk about kind of what brought us together what it's like to be musicians, you know, late in the career doing other things and having a resurgence of our band, feeling the resurgence of the thing we love most outside of music, which is Star Wars. And Mike, you kind of like pitched the idea earlier today, first via text, and I was like, yeah, okay. But then we talked and you, you made some great points about how these things are related. And we talk a little bit about how they're related here and there, but you made a, a kind of convincing pitch. So you want to open the podcast with a little bit of that? Hey, everyone. Welcome to Thank the Maker. This is your host, Mike Forrester. Um, you know, I think for me, as someone who joined the podcast later, but through obviously a very strong connection to all of y'all's music, um, I think we're really in this renaissance of our generation finding all these things that we love never really went away. They actually are coming back more supported than ever. No one's ever really gone. No one's ever really gone, right? First connection. 
First point goes to Adam. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm looking at this weekend and I'm looking at Mosh Eisley and I'm looking at all of these things in this community that's been built all because Adam, you and Ryan both started a podcast of something that you love. And then Nick joins, makes it even better. And then here we are. You guys just had an amazing weekend as musicians. Adam, you're about to go back on tour. You're putting out amazing music. We're getting amazing Star Wars content right now. It kind of feels like we're almost like due for a reintroduction of exactly like what this show is about and why it's actually the best time, I feel like, to be a fan of all the things that we love. Yeah? I fully agree. Excellent. That's why I'm here. In songwriting, this episode is called a reintro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's, there's something so special about the kind of experiences that we've had that have come out of this podcast and the experiences we've been having as musicians. You, you know, you talked about when we were young. Doing that last year was insane. It just like the number of people that showed up, the number of bands that were on the bill, uh, all of it. And, and we, we also had a, a Mosh Eisley event the second weekend, right? Of when we were young last year? Yes. Because it was Halloween weekend. So we had the Star Wars emo night at the biggest festival that our scene has ever had. I mean, like for anyone who wasn't there, you've seen the pictures, but to be there. I mean, there's 55, 60,000 people, I think, right? Yeah. 55, 60,000 people is the number. Yes. I mean, insane. Massive stages, like nothing I've ever seen in an American festival. It was more like the kind of thing you see in the UK or something like download or something like that. Closer to that, I would say, right? Mm-hmm. Ryan, you've done that. I don't know what to say. I, I, it, I, on stage, to be honest, I couldn't really get a gauge. So it actually wasn't overwhelming from the stage in a way of like, oh my God, look how many people are here. There, I mean, obviously it was, it was wild how many people were there. But until I saw the drone footage uh, when we were young, did a post just for us, which was really cool uh, during Ocean Avenue on Sunday. And so they, they had their you know, social media people edit together a quick video that they shot with this drone footage. And when that sucker went up and like backed away from the whole crowd while we were playing, that's actually when I was like breathless, like, you know, just did not understand the scope of what we were doing. Yeah. It's unreal. I was in the zone, you know, you're trying, I'm trying to play, I'm trying to sing well, I'm trying, you know what I mean? So I was like, whoa, this is crazy. There's so many, so many freaking people here. But then after the show, when I saw that footage, I, I was completely overwhelmed. I mean, I can't believe, you know, that I, I, I can't believe it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's <laughs> you were shook as the kids say, you know, that's, we've done work for 20 years and this is just that times 30. It's just crazy. It's crazy. I, I just think that, you know, I think we all obviously are part of uh, the same scene, but we have had similar uh, or parallel careers in a, in a sense. And we don't get to play a lot of festivals, you know, like it's the festival thing for Bayside is becoming a thing now because of when we were young, because of Riot Fest, because of Is For Lovers. So um, they all vary in size, but nothing at all compares to when we were young. And I think there's probably very few festivals, any genre wise in America that need that um, like secondary sound system because there's so <laughs> yeah. many people mm-hmm. that yeah. there's a sound delay because you're so 
far away from the main stage. And when we are, when we are young has that, um, the only other one that I've played was in, um, was louder than life in Kentucky because that has like the red hot chili peppers on it. You know, like there's, yeah. there's also 50,000 people at, at, uh, some of those bigger active rock ones. So, um, Last year, you know, just to keep talking about the festival a little bit, uh, we were so happy to play last year. We had such a great show. Um, and we all left stage and, and that weekend. Really, uh, the best word that we used last year, and I continue to use it this year, is validation. Like it really, when we're young, validates everything that we've all done um, as far as our careers, being a part of people's lives for this long, continuing to be a part of uh, people's lives. But it also validates punk rock and emo and hardcore and the entire scene. Like you could like hair metal, you could like grunge. Those are very, uh, specific moments in times that kind that kind of had our blip, you know, there was no scene behind those things that you can count on. Like our world built was built upon the Ramones and green day and Blake 182 and stuff like that. Like it keeps changing every, every, uh, every few years. And, you know, now it's turnstiles game, you know, like that's, that's, that's just how this goes. You can't say that about a grunge band or a hair metal band or any other like big blip, uh, in, in time and music. So that's something that we have to be proud of. And, um, last year when we played and I felt that this year, even though we weren't playing, hanging out with you guys to see that many people there, um, kind of dressing up and reliving a lot of uh, their youth, but also like being very free about reliving their youth, like being happy mm -hmm. to be reliving their youth um, in a non-ironic way, I think is very, very validating for our like entire genre. For sure. And like the moment I was going to reference, I can't remember if, if I mentioned this on the podcast last year or not, but you and I, Nick, had this moment when we were watching Paramore we were at the back of the VIP section, which is VIP section. You think of a bar, right? It's like a hundred square feet. The VIP section here was like, I don't know, 20,000 people, you know, like the whole front, you pay an extra, however much. That's how many bands were playing though. 20,000 yeah. people yeah. playing in these bands, right? These two massive stages and we're at the back of it. We're kind of by the, the soundboard. So we could not only see like the, the spectacle of what these bands were doing, these like former Warp Tour scene bands were doing this big spectacle of a show, but we could see this giant crowd in front of us and then this giant crowd behind us that we couldn't see the end of, you know? So we're watching it and Paramore is just bigger and better than they've ever been, you know, sounding incredible, having all this amazing production. They've had these additional musicians and we kind of looked at each other thinking the same thing at the same time and starting to say the same thing at the same time. And essentially the, the exchange was, can you believe this? I mean, can, this is us like this we're not the ones on stage, but this scene is us. Like we are here because mm -hmm. this scene is now at this level where Paramore's playing. And it's like, we're watching Phil Collins or something like yeah, the yeah. level is just like a, like global level. I mean, talk about stepping up to the plate, you know, like yeah. the, you know, like my chem offered something different. Um, and something I felt this year too. I mean, just to piggyback off of what you're saying, I mean, my chem and Paramore, I think, either you and I or me, maybe some guys on the base side, we were like, these are the, the, the cream of the crop. They are the best of the best. I'm happy mm -hmm. that they're he the headliners of the first year of this thing that if you remember when it was announced, people actually didn't believe that it was real. Yeah. There was actual fake news. You know, We like, all thought it was going to be like the emo hardcore pop Fire punk Fest. fire festival. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Everyone thought so, that. And people were making TikToks about it. So I got very defensive because I know that it was real, you know? Like, I know the people, you know, Andy from Chain Reaction, where we did our first Mosh Eisley is a part of it, you know? Like, Adam, I believe one of your managers is a part of it. So, like, mm-hmm. I got very defensive right away. But, um, yeah, last year I just, I really felt this kind of crazy, like, I am so happy that Paramore and Mike Hem exist. They bring two different things to the table. And something I felt while watching Blink this year was something I felt watching Mike Hem last year. Both of those bands have not been around as like currently constituted for what, a decade? Something mm-hmm. like that? Like Mike, when's the last time Tom was in? Do you, do you know? Like it was in Blink? Uh, he left, How long he left like officially in, you know, 2012. Okay, so let's say at least a decade for both Mike Chem and Blink. In that time, younger kids got into Blink and Mike Chem. And for the first time ever last year and for the first time ever this year, kids saw their favorite band. Like that mm-hmm. blows my mind and makes me so happy. And the feeling of that happiness is like so palpable at the festival. And uh, that I can't like thank the festival enough for doing that. Because up until when we were young existed, Riot Fest was my favorite festival because it kind of like blends a lot of like we would have never played with No Doubt or the Foo Fighters uh, or System of a Down if it wasn't for Riot Fest. But that's where like right. those worlds get melded, just like the kind of alternative uh, rock world uh, at Riot Fest. And I still love Riot Fest. But when we were young is like very strictly our scene and to see it be, I don't know, double the size of what Riot Fest is, is yeah. it's just impressive. And the the thing that, that Mike mentioned earlier about, you know, people or whoever said it uh, being, you know, dressing up in the scene, feeling the nostalgia, feeling young again, just like the name of the festival suggests, you know, when we were young and being completely unapologetic about it and just like going for it and fully living it is so much like having a con experience, whether it's at Celebration, you know, if it's just Star Wars for you or any of the comic cons, you know, anything else, you know, seeing the the kind of like absolutely unapologetic, you you know, costuming and everything else, people just being their their truest selves is absolutely analogous to the way it seemed like people experienced this festival. So you look around and you see an endless sea of people. We were just in New York for New York Comic Con for, for Mosh Eisley, and it was just like that, you know? But you're seeing, you know, giant swords and shit instead of, <laughs> you know, instead of signs for bands that say, Tom, uh, beam me up or whatever. <laughs> uh, bringing this back to Star Wars a little bit, because I want to, like, be conscious of bringing it back to Star Wars. But our first experience as podcasters, not necessarily band members, where we were having people come up to us saying they like the podcast and not our bands necessarily, <laughs> was Celebration last year. 2022, was it? Right? Yeah. 2023. In uh, Anaheim. Anaheim. Whichever year that was. I don't know years anymore. I don't subscribe to the, the I don't subscribe to time anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, we were, all the three of us were walking around uh, the convention center in Anaheim and a handful of people came up to us in the first hour and were like, hey guys, love the podcast, you know? And it's just like, we're not Adam from Story, Ryan from Yellow Card, Nick from Bayside anymore. At that point, at like 11 a.m. on a Friday, we were Thank the Maker and besides Mosh Eisley, uh, you know, Thank the Maker has brought a lot of um, just like new, fresh ideas to my life because Bayside is my life. Being a musician is my life. I've been playing music professionally, touring since I was 17 and I'm 43 now and it feels amazing to be like a part of this family, Mosh Eisley, all this stuff because it is so hard to create something or start something, I should say, that gets legs. 
you know, and mm-hmm. I think when we started this, uh, you know, you guys started the podcast, I jumped on fairly early, we leaned on the band guy part of it a lot more, you know, like we had band guy guests on. Um, and then we realized after a while, we just didn't need it. We were a Star Wars podcast. Well, we weren't yeah, necessarily we started, a music I think, Star Wars podcast. I think one of the coolest early occurrences with the podcast was realizing that while we were super lucky to have, you know, John Feldman and, and so many cards. Mike Carrera. Yeah, Mike Carrera. We, yeah. we had Ashi so many, from so many guys from, from the scene. Um, but I think we did realize pretty quickly that what we actually wanted to do was do a Star Wars podcast and that it was working and that the episodes that did not have guests and, and like band guests on were, were actually performing better. More, more people were listening to the episodes that we started to have, a you know, get legs and feel a little more comfortable just talking Star Wars. Um, I think that was the coolest. I mean, Adam and I talked about that early on, just like, isn't it going to be cool if someday this is we, we're this isn't about the bands anymore, and we actually just become like a bona fide Star Wars podcast? <laughs> and I, I think we maybe thought it wouldn't happen. You know, I think yeah. we thought like it's that's a tall mountain to climb. Uh, but I remember when we started to realize like, oh yeah, we don't need to have this. Doesn't need to be about um, you know when we were young, the scene anymore with the podcast. We have we have stepped out on our own um, and become a Star Wars podcast. But I think it's sick how it still circles back into the scene all the time. You know, it, I mean, it, it's, we're connected to our friends and to the music and, and everyone, like everyone knows about our pod, everyone in the scene knows about our podcast. Uh, you know, everyone knows about it. And I think that is just so rad that you can be walking around at, at something like when we were young and it's like, oh, there's Ryan from Yellow Card nerd. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like in a good yeah, way. Yeah. There's your lightsaber geek. And 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 I, lo- I I love that like I've been able to expose this side of me to the world via this podcast. I, I think people always knew I liked Star Wars, right? Like people knew the singer of Yellow Card liked Star Wars, but no one knew I liked it enough to like get custom casted helmets painted hanging on my wall, like you know, and and like statues of Yoda, like yeah. like cosplaying. Like no one no one knew that that was the level of my fandom for this. And so the podcast has allowed me, you know, if, if we want to try to kind of walk the line about the, you know, the bands, the band, the music and the podcast coexisting. My, one of my favorite things on this journey has been sharing my fandom, my love of star Wars, my sort of my ability to let my walls down and just be myself with fans. I think, it, you know, I hope that it's inspired people whether they love Star Wars or music or whatever they're into to see someone that maybe they look up to, someone they listen to, music they've been listening to for 15, 20 years of their life. They see me dress up in a Star Wars costume and spinning a lightsaber around at 43 years old. And, and hopefully someone else goes, you know, fuck it, I, I can do what I want. I can be who I want. I, I can stop yeah. worrying about what other people think about me. And I think that's been something that to, to those of you listening, like, that's something I struggle with every day still was what uh, trying not to be concerned with, with what other people think of, of me and my choices and who I am. And, you know, I, I, that is a, like a meditative technique I have to put into practice to like not do that. I used to be, it used to be one of the most crippling mental health struggles for me in my life. 20 years ago, it was, um, made a lot of really stupid decisions and had a lot of bad attitude issues because of how overwhelmed I was with what other people thought about me. This podcast has been essential in my growth as a human being 
uh, learning how to expose who I really am and not care and yeah. just love life and lo- love Star Wars. Star Wars is such a huge part of my life. I am proud to wear it and I am, I am pumped that I've gotten to cosplay on my Instagram. You know, like that's yeah. like so sick. And I love that people get to see that side of me. And if we hadn't started this podcast, I don't think I ever would have gotten to this, this place. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We talked to a ton of fans of our bands who we've gotten to connect with because of, you know, the the intersection of Star Wars and our music. And I've mentioned this before, how a lot of times it can be awkward talking to a fan or being a fan of something and talking to someone who, you know, whether they're an actor or another band or anything, because it's very one-sided and it's, it's not because you feel like better than the person or anything, or you, you don't feel disconnected for any specific reason, but it's just, it's hard to get over that hump and connect in a way that isn't, I like you. What do you want to talk about? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you want, you know, people say, I love your band and so on. And you say, thank you. And where do you go from there, you know? But with Star Wars, like the, you know, thinking of our patrons specifically, I know that many of the patrons are fans of our bands, but I don't know that they all are. And I don't care because we're here to hang and talk about Star Wars. And if they happen to be fans of the band, sick. That's cool. Like we get to hang and talk and it's cool for them. It's cool for us. And we connect on this level that is created by something like Star Wars and this fandom leveling things it it creates that you know it's it's the um what do they call the great equalizer you know in a way for us um i mean mike we've told the story a few times how you and i met Mm -hmm. by you being a teenage fan at our at a story of the year concert and i gave you a beer i had no idea you weren't 21 yeah underage drinking i remember the story yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's good stuff yeah um and here we are to make her a criminal podcast (laughs) and it's you know we're like super close friends now we have this thing together and it's awesome um before I throw this to any of you guys, people in the chat, um, in, the, in the Discord, the, uh, the patron chat, were any of you not necessarily huge Star Wars fans or had it been kind of dormant for a while and finding out about this podcast via our bands, did that reignite it for you or did it, did it elevate it in a way? Just kind of tell us here and then, um, Mike, maybe take it, take it from here and talk about your experience on the other end of this thing that I've been describing. I mean, you got to think about it from this perspective. Like, let's look at it from... Like my era, and I'm just a couple years younger than you guys, but like my era of music was like, you know, Enema of the State comes out in 1999, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket comes out in 2001. You know, we have uh, Insomniac, we have, you know, we have Page Avenue rolls out a couple years later, we have Ocean Avenue, we've got like, there's so much Riot comes out, right? Like there's so that those are in my opinion like those were the defining eras of this genre of music that really stood out as now the uh you know Allison Chains and all that kind of st- the the you know that era is kind of over the the late 90s rock um the the TRL rock right like 
what a beautiful time where Corn, Limp Biscuit, Blink 182, <laughs> Christina Aguilera, the Backstreet Boys could duke it out every day, according to whoever Carson Daly said was going to be the top video in America. But what I'm looking at is also simultaneously at the same time, dude, Star Wars wasn't that Star Wars was so well known, but it wasn't cool to necessarily be a super fan of Star Wars for high schoolers like myself, who that's who your music was all aimed towards, right? And you have this like, who, you know, all my friends are going to a private school. So all my friends are a bunch of, you know, Jimmy Buffett, like, let's go, Dave Matthews band. That's just, I hated that stuff. That stuff sucked, right? <laughs> I'd go see Newfound Glory. Still does. It still does, right? <laughs> and I'd go see, I'd go get punched in the mosh pit of a, of a used concert because I was like, this seems cool. I got punched and then immediately picked up by the largest man I've ever met. And all of these, I'm like, this is my thing, right? Like coming back with a torn shirt was like, that's a sign that I had an amazing night. And my other friends did not understand it. Didn't understand it, right? And then I'm also at the same time, having to have a very, very, very low key conversation with someone to be like, do you want to go see Star Wars with me at midnight? Because Anakin Skywalker is going to turn into Darth Vader, right? If you're a jock in 2005, that wasn't cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So we're kind of in this era of like, we were suppressing this, these big emotions. Anakin Skywalker is the biggest emo in Star Wars. Like then we go into this drought after where Star Wars and scene music and crunk rock or whatever the hell came after that, right? It just it just got weird, right? For a lot of us, right? Then things start falling off. Clone Wars happens, which isn't really a commercial success for most people because they're not going to follow along with it. The early the mid 2010s was like a drought for everything, right? Yeah. People forgot that a lot of you guys were still going on tour trying to change your sound. Ryan, yellow card is like done, right? At that time. Yeah, we're we're writing like Smashing Pumpkins 90s alternative like mid-tempo rock records. Right. Like, totally <laughs> just left the building. And at that point. For a lot of us, then we come into then 2015 happens, Force Awakens comes back out. All of a sudden, we don't care what we do as adults because Star Wars is back. Yeah. Suddenly everybody is a fan of Star Wars again, reigniting all the stuff that we loved about it. But we're older and we simultaneously are also losing our shits to give about everything because we're getting older, right? Now we're getting towards where we are now. COVID happens. All of a sudden people are like, you know what? I love all this stuff. I love all of these old records that I'm spinning and going back to. Blink-182 announces that they're getting back together with the guy from Alkaline Trio. People are like, what's going on? Um, all this stuff happens. And then they announce We Were Young Festival. The Riot Fest, Yellow Card is back. Ryan, you guys have never sounded better. Um, Adam, you invite me to help work on the, on the album. Tear Me to Pieces is like one of my favorite records next to Page Avenue. Nick, you guys are writing the best music of your of your careers right now. And Star Wars is better than ever right now. That's time to be a fan ever. The content to be a fan of Star Wars and to be a fan of like this renaissance of untethered, unadultered, completely in their own emo music, fans of pop punk, all of this stuff. Dude, it's the best time right now. That's it. 
You know what I mean? Because you can go and travel to do these things. You can go and be who you want to be. And people actually accept it in a completely different way than they did in 2005, which was barely, or you had to find those people in a much different way than you can now. And the internet has helped us connect with so many people. And that's part of what made this whole thing just make sense for me personally as a fan. Yeah, I, I was going to say social media and the internet. I mean, I know the internet was around uh, in 2005, but social media ne wasn't necessarily. And I do think with all the bad things that come with social media, if you're a good person and you do actually want to find community uh, and a good community, it's there now. And I think that that has really... Uh, led to us obviously starting a podcast but then finding this like what i think we all think is a niche like emo star wars crossover but what i think is happening with our podcast and then now with the mosh isley and all this stuff is if you are kind of on the outskirts of um finding a community or looking for a community or looking for somewhere to fit in and you see that it exists already on the internet you're golden. You just got to, you got to buy a ticket to Mosh Eisley. You got to start listening to Thank the Maker. Like it's, it is that simple now when <laughs> it wasn't really in 2005, you know? Yeah, dude. I just had the thought the other day that when, you know, my first Star Wars fandom resurgence was the prequels. You know, by the time Revenge of the Sith was dropping, I was, you know, I was 25. So I was like fully back in. Star Story of the Year was making enough money that I could just blow it on every piece of merchandise that was available. I was so fully back into it, but I only had a couple friends that were into it and it was friends from high school. And, but none of us were like deep, deep, like we were super enthusiastic, but we weren't like building armor, Same. you know, we weren't costuming, Same. we weren't doing that level stuff. So it wasn't until this, you know, this era and this podcast that really brought it up another notch. And Ryan, like we told the story a million times, told it at the beginning of this, we weren't friends. Like all those years that we, you know, we're in the same space or, you know, we're playing the same shows. We knew each other, but we had this weird unspoken rivalry and we didn't become friends until we connected on Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And it just all went from there, you know, and here we are now as a group doing a Star Wars themed emo night. We're costuming, we're going to cons, we're, you know, going on like essentially LARPing experiences at Disney with all this like next level stuff. And it's because of community. I was going to echo what Nick said too. It's like everyone that knows this show and knows me at all knows that I am not a fan of social media and what it's doing to the planet Earth and the human race. But I will say that I think one thing that, as you pointed out, Nick, that's positive is good people find each other. And Mike, you, you made a funny point about like, you know, if you're a jock in 2005, you're not going to go see Revenge of the Sith, you know? And I think it's either it's either that those those people now, uh, as you maybe alluded to, feel more comfortable coming out of their shell a little bit. Or, and I think this may be more likely, there's actually more of us. Mm -hmm. There's more of us. And I think I think cons providing a space for people. I think Disney acquiring IP like Marvel and Star Wars. And and if uh, here, bring, come on, haters, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I can hear you. Whatever you want to say about it them being able to throw that amount of money behind intellectual property that inspires people to be creative and costume and follow these, these fantastical stories um, that we've loved since we were kids. It just makes it bigger. It, it just, it just brings people out of the woodwork that say, I've always been afraid to tell everyone I love this, but now guardians of the galaxy is the coolest movie on, you know, in theaters. I've always wanted to dress up like Obi-Wan Kenobi for Halloween, but like, 
my friends wouldn't think it's cool. Well, now I can just go to a place where everyone's dressed up like Obi-Wan Kenobi and you can <laughs> find that. And like, I, I really think people are, I, I, I think that like, there's no less cliche way to say it. I just think there's more nerds than not nerds. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, cause like that goes like the idea of, of the high school hierarchy, right? And like that sort of elitism that exists, right? They're, they're the, the, the people at the top of the food chain in high school and in, in early adulthood, they're, there's less of, there's fewer of them. That's, mm-hmm. that's the point, right? They're the, they're the most popular ones there at the top of the pyramid. Well, what about everybody else at the bottom of the rungs of the ladder in the pyramid? Well, hey guys, that's us. We're, that's the nerd, we're the nerds. We're, we're, we're the people who are passionate about being creative and, uh, you know, s- filmmaking and songwriting and stories and costumes and sci-fi like there are a lot of us and i think this is just circling back to i hate social media but i think that one good thing it has done is it has exposed to the world that nerds outnumber everyone else and and it's really like we're really coming into our own right now like that's the whole idea of it being the best time to be a fan of star wars why is that well because there's more of us behind it because you can go make a live action season five of an animated series based on one character who was only in like seven episodes of the animated series. And it's the highest rated premiere of any series they've done yet. Like that is, that is intense. Ahsoka, the whole thing that happened with Ahsoka just now is intense as far as how many people it exposed love this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so, yeah, just kind of back to what I said earlier, you know, my experience going to celebration for the first time and, you know, going to cons. I mean, shit, I'm trying to get into hosting cons, like from stage with a microphone. I'm, I'm, I'm really attracted to the con experience and being a part of it and getting more involved with it, bringing the podcast along in any way that we can, you know, um, it's been life-changing. So, um, I'm just pumped to be a part of the community and, and again, pumped to be able to share this side of me outside of like the rock and roll singer that people, you know, have, known me to be that don't know me personally right like that's who i've been for 20 years um it's been it's been really cool to to just share a different side of my personality and 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 my passion how many people when you guys nick like i'm asking in regards to all three of you because you guys go out and you meet by default way more people than most of us do who don't travel for work right how many people since you guys have started this podcast on a tour let's just say in general like mention the podcast or say that they're listeners or maybe people that surprised you that were like, dude, you guys are into it. Like, that's awesome. A lot of people say that first. And I think it is that like, you know, that, that commonality, the, you know, it's, it's like an easy conversation starter and they know we'll be pumped. Um, but I I don't necessarily think that that skews the data too much. You know what I mean? I I think there, I think there are a lot and like literally every person that said hello to me that said, Oh, Adam from story of the year said they were a podcast listener at when we were young this past weekend. It was crazy. Well, they probably think they, you know, feel that they know you more because of yeah. the podcast. You know, they feel comfortable. They know that you're not going to rip their head off. Be like, <laughs> what do you mean? You're, t- you're, I'm Adam from story of the year. You can say hi to me. You know, like <laughs> they, they know, they know us now. I mean, one, Adam put one those vibes off for sure. <laughs> an asshole. One thing I wanted to make a point about what Ryan was saying about, um, you know, just being a nerd in high school and stuff like that. You know, who was also nerds, musicians. Like the, we weren't yes. like cool rock band people playing music. 
music and playing the cello and tuba in, in band, you know, like, uh, it, we kind of just had this mentality where you like hyper-focus on things and to be a musician, you have to hyper-focus on your instrument. And that also lends itself, I think, to that nerdy lifestyle of like in comic books and video games and Star Wars and stuff like that. So we were just, uh, we were in it once we realized we were like into musicians or any nerdy things it's just you feel it's such a this shitty weight of the world of like i love this thing and i can't fully uh you know outwardly acknowledge that i do and then yeah. you know i think again a positive thing that social media has happened uh, has helped with is is that community like i said um i heard something on another podcast today um I, someone said something like 25 percent of humans have social media so like really keep that in mind when you're on uh you know on the internet thinking that like everyone in the world hates something you know like it's just not even representative of even a quarter of humanity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that uh, a compliment that was given uh, on behalf of the podcast to me um, recently in the last year or two um, was kind of this inadvertent thing that I really became proud of because I had a, a dude like probably a little younger than me, but definitely in his 30s, say that listening to us talk about Star Wars and talking about our feelings about Star Wars and how we like can be critical but positive really helped him shape how he now sees Star Wars. And I'm sure he's not the only one. And that's not something we set out to do, but that is kind of a, you know, uh, something that has happened. And I think that that made me like, so happy and proud that as much as you could go on Twitter and the last Jedi is probably still trending right now, you know, like, <laughs> like people are still talking shit. We have our own little world here. Um, that I think is a lot more, uh, actually in tune with the fandom, you know, it's just that not everyone has social media and algorithms. We talk about all the time. Algorithms don't reward positivity. They just don't. Yeah. So the negative stuff is going to, obviously uh, always win and that's not a, a place as fans that we started in per se it's not even where this podcast started per se like we 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 definitely were never toxic but we started in a different place like the first few episodes we had a, a segment called disturbances in the force where we kind of like aired gripes things that we didn't like about the movies but we pretty quickly realized that we were just participating, even even if in a small way, participating in that negative feedback loop and feeding that algorithm and that nothing good was going to come of it. And then if anyone was going to seek out a Star Wars podcast, it's not because they don't like Star Wars. It's because they love – or anything for that matter. It's because they love something so much that they want to hear more. They want to hear people who love it as much talk about it. They want to be part of, part of the conversation in some sense. So we learned that through this and through this community and through being in that, like, you know, in the, like the, the washing machine tumble cycle of like the internet, you know what I mean? And realizing, oh, at some point you have to get out of this and put out a different vibe. And then that feedback loop becomes nothing but like a, a happiness elevating machine. So yeah, I, I, I will get into it with people, but I don't feel like we, we, we stand on any moral or ethical high ground by behaving differently. Nice. Um, I'm just, that was a nice one. See, it's just in there. It just comes Adam, out. Adam, two, two points. Nice. Very nice. But it, um, but, but it is something that I feel like we know and we understand and we've learned 
through this. So it, it became part of kind of our mission statement as fans in this community. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad all over print button downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. Is there a sense for you guys in you've all made new music within the past two years? That's that's been great and it's been received very well. I'm from I'm kind of the outsider in this group as a former musician, not I never toured or did anything like that. But like for me as a graphic designer, I've been a career graphic designer for 20 years, right? And until I did Hondo Supply, you're like, I'm just graphic designer. Like mm-hmm. Join Instagram. It's like, congratulate. Here's here's a million other people out here, right? And until I did Hondo Supply, and then eventually would turn into Mosh Eisley, like the support from the community to make me fuel my creativity of like feeling like what we're doing matters, right? Versus like you guys are professional musicians. You put out music. There's this natural inclination for people to go, I'm going to compare it to what I remember that I like, right? Nick, you've talked about this a lot about writing music that like people need to hear versus you giving music that they think they want to hear. What has that been like for you guys to go off in this adventure of starting Star Wars brand, starting Star Wars podcast and have it be supported with such enthusiasm of a community that has literally given you real-time feedback that like what you guys are doing is rad just like music. It's an alien feeling <laughs> yeah. to, to basically have every single person that says something about something you're doing creatively, it be a positive comment, yeah. right? Like the negative comments that we've gotten for Thank the Maker are so led, so few that they're, they're like etched in stone as these legendary comments that we joke about all the time. And yeah. they're from, they come from like the earliest days of the podcast. Like we got to get that going again, man. We're too, it's funny because you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like, it, it, we, need hot we, takes. we always go back to the same, like three <laughs> negative comments get because, this, yeah, <laughs> because it's been so overwhelmingly positive. Um, wow. uh, it, it, it's yeah, it's, it's an alien feeling. Um, it, because you're, you put out music and it just, it doesn't matter. Dude. It, it does it like, <laughs> it, you, it's, it, if you have success with a thing early in your career, enjoy that because it will never feel like that again. Yeah. Fact. That's every, everything you do after that will be, uh, there will be enough people in the room. I I know we, we talk about this in star Wars all the time that the negative comments get a lot of, a lot of um, focus because there are few, there are less of them and they're sort of the loudest people in the room. And that's true as well in music. But it's, it's, it's always going to be enough that you notice it. You know what I mean? It's always going to be enough to where you're like, 
it, it's hard not to see people just shitting all over this thing that you have poured your heart and soul into. And that first one that you did that was amazing, that blew up, I mean, like, you know, Yellow Card, for example, totally unexpectedly made a double platinum record and won a video music award and toured all over the world and were signed to a major label. We were a garage band. It was, it was surreal that that happened for us. But there was there wasn't like a megaphone for people that didn't like it back then, I guess, as much as there is now. But either way, everything we've done from that moment on has had to live up to that. It's had to be, it's had to be that experience in some way uh, for fans. And so you're, you're going to notice more you know, the people that, that want to want to tear it down. And I, I will say though, and I think I touched on this a little bit earlier, just on my own like personal journey it's a really cool thing though, when you can start to realize as you get older and you mature that those people don't fucking matter, that, yeah. that those opinions don't matter. And that, and that, that there are so many more people that are excited about what you're doing. Uh, it's your own struggle. It's your own shit that you're dealing with, that you're holding on to the past. You're holding on to ocean Avenue. You're holding on to those songs and that record. And why can't it be like that again? And why don't you like this new thing? I'm trying, that's your, that you got to work that out, dude. Listen it's, to Kylo not, Ren. Yeah, it's not your, your, you can't control how, what other people, I, I'm, I'm getting to a, a, a point with this, I swear, but you, you, you can't control what other people are going to think about the art you're creating. And you gotta, you, you have to reach that crossroad on your own and decide which way you're going to go. If you're going to continue to live in the past, if you're going to continue to focus on the negativity. But all I'm trying to say is with music and my experience in a band, there's, there's a lot of negative. There's a lot of people that don't like what you do because it's not the first thing you ever did. Yeah. That that's the thing with thank the maker. It is just happy people. It is, it is just good vibes. It is people going, I totally got out of star Wars and you guys got me back into it. It is people going, everyone in star Wars in, in the star Wars fandom is toxic and, and does all these, you know, all these terrible things to the actors and writers and creators and says all the worst imaginable. And you guys just support and you love and you, you nurture the fan base and, and the community, like that's been our experience. And so it is pretty foreign to not have to like make a conscious choice to say, you know what? I see that negative comment, but I'm going to let it, I'm going to, I'm going to let it pass by. Yep. We don't have to do that with Thank the Maker. We can just be and just just love sharing the, these experiences with each other, you know? It's a beautiful thing. It's kind of crazy. Um, I mean, I feel like in a way, like you guys, both Store and Yellow Card had a way different 20 years ago than Bayside did. Our most negative feedback time Bayside wise career was was when we were the smallest like per capita we probably had more haters in 2004 five six than we did than we do now right well, now our hmm. comment sections yeah yeah definitely uh, our comment sections are like thank the maker comment sections you like cannot if we release a new song it's like the old adage like if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all it's mm -hmm. absolutely wild like our fans support us. And then if there is one comment, there's 20 comments telling them to fuck off from like people uh, having our back. By the way, Nick, right now, right, right now, our, ours is very much like that too. Yeah, like it's, it's good. This, this current journey we're on is unlike any we've ever experienced. Yeah, so the, I, I'm not trying to say that it's, you know, that but I, we've all I, had I the dark times that I was, I hope <laughs> it was clear that I was saying there, there always has been more positivity than negativity. Of it's course. just, yeah. it's that, it's, it's that you, you, we've all, we three have had to deal with it on a, on a noticeable level in our, mm -hmm. in our musical career 
the negativity. Whereas with this, it's just been good vibes all the way, yeah. all the way, all the way through. And having had that experience and, and being artists and being, you know, being on the creative side of things or being on the production side of things, even outside of music, like we, we have, we have a little better understanding, a little better insight into what it's like to be on the creative side or the production side of other creative industries like filmmaking and, and, you know, making television. So seeing the haters of new star Wars from this perspective, from, you know, this more insightful vantage point, I think gives us like, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say our opinions are any more important, but I think they are more informed than a lot of others out there. And I think that can be valuable. And again, I'm not trying to like talk our shit up, but I like to be an informed voice of positivity. And I think our podcast is a rare case of that. And that's the last time we're going to be positive. For instance, we know Kathleen Kennedy is not writing the next season of The Mandalorian <laughs> currently. Yeah, she doesn't have horns informed. or hooves feet. She isn't trying to eat any babies or anything. Right. That right, is an right. informed um, piece is, of knowledge. Is there a is there a parallel of Nick, your your band's situation is different because you guys run a different climb than these two guys, but like is there a parallel of <clears throat> people listening to a record a popular record and also watching star wars an old movie and remembering like that things felt different similar simpler to the idea for that people are because this was always kind of my defense too it's like i would you know when i when i posted that oh hey i work for you know did some work with story of the year and people are like oh i can't i can't believe these this band is back. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I've been there the whole time. They've been touring. You just like forgot about them. But is there, is there a parallel of the way that people listen to new music now, the same way that they, they accept or don't accept new star Wars, the same way that they accept new music from a band and an album that felt different to them, just like movies felt different to them back then. Ryan, you have your hand up. Yes, actually, William Ryan Key, we'd love to hear from you on this Mr. Key in the back there? Yes. Roll roll the music. Thank you very much. We've had a great night tonight with all of you. What a podcast. Yes. Of course. That's that is that Mike, you you are you have just uh laid out the perfect parallel for what I was sort of talking about with making new music and new Star Wars. That's exactly what it is. It's uh it is I, th- I think it's just an inability to truly have an open mind and understand that that creative intellectual property is not being created for you. It, it's, it's being created for all those that will watch or listen. The person that is making it is giving a little piece of themselves to the world. And if it's not what you want it to be, we live in a different time now and you have a place to tell us all. But even though you can tell us that you don't, it's not what you want it to be, it doesn't change the fact that they didn't make it for you. They made it because they love it and they're passionate about it. And I like the parallel that I think I bring up on the show all the time that I try to remember when I find something in Star Wars that maybe doesn't jive with me that, you know, I went to a movie theater. I don't remember it necessarily, but I went to a movie theater in 1983 when I was three years old to see Return of the Jedi. All I, can, all I know 
is whether I remember it or not, do you think I was fucking stoked on the Ewoks? Do you think I was? Because <laughs> I'm sure that I was. And every time I get to that place where I might be like, oh, why is it? You know, I just remember like there's three-year-olds everywhere that can watch Star Wars. It's for them too. Eight-year-olds, you know? dude. Eight-year-olds, dude. You know, and that's how that's how we tie the room together. You know, it's all <laughs> we're all in it together. And it's like I, I just so yes, I, I think people refuse to, you know, let go of this notion that that this is theirs. It belongs to them. When it doesn't, it belongs to all of us. And it, it, instead of just writing it off because of something that didn't work for you, maybe try to find something in it that did work for you because that's gonna help you just live a better life. You're gonna. Your blood pressure is going to be lower. You're going to be a happier human being if you find things you like instead of things you don't like in everything you look at and everything you listen to. So, yeah, I, I think people want, you know, original trilogy or die because they just they, they they feel like that's theirs and they and they own it. And and it's really hard for people to get past that. And I, I'm saying all of this from a place of personal experience, someone who is. Yeah consciously and actively working every day to get past those types of mindsets for myself. You have to put in the work though. You have to be willing to do it. You know what uh, another parallel is very well put by the way, Ryan, I think another parallel we have with music and star Wars slash entertainment right now is this knee jerk reaction based off of both industries have, um, live analytics of what's going yeah. on. You know how many people are watching, how many people have watched, and there is mm -hmm. this really almost kind of, I mean, look at Star Cruiser, for instance. You know, it's like a very, we don't let things settle. Like how many times do you, have we all experienced either personally or even on the other end of a record coming out that you don't vibe with right away, but you do wind up liking it? It's like there, there is... There has to be like some sort of patience when liking or listening to something like my least favorite thing that Twitter has brought or social media, I should say, to the table is the instance where someone could listen to any one of our band songs, listen to it for 30 or 40 seconds and then go on Twitter and say they don't like it. And then before <laughs> any other person has heard the song, they might have read that tweet and then in their head your that song or band is already behind the eight ball you know like they're already being like oh yeah. my friend didn't like it uh when i check it out i'm gonna see if he was right there's there's no blank slate yeah. you're starting from behind the start line at that point and that's like to me one of the worst things that uh you know probably top three worst things that has happened in the music industry because of social media is is exactly that where like people who aren't music critics people who aren't critical in a in a like an actual uh constructive way all of a sudden you you write oh this sucks i listen to it they won't admit they listen to it for 30 seconds but they write off an entire song because 30 seconds of a song or 15 minutes of a star wars movie didn't make them feel like they were 12 again so it sucks and then maybe yeah. that makes someone else who read that tweet not listen to the song for 10 days yeah. because they were like, um, I'm, it was negative. I don't want to, I'm not even going to think about it. So, um, yeah, the real time analytics and the knee jerk reaction thing is something that I just wish wasn't a thing, you know, like I, I, I know it can't change, but it's, it definitely Dude, hinders a lot. I think there's, there's a legitimate psychological phenomenon called priming. You know, it's one of like many psychological things that are used by, you know, salespeople and, 
psychics, quote psychics and all, you know, all kinds of people who, who pull shit over on people. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's done completely in a completely benign way. You don't have, you know, you don't realize you're doing it, but if you plant a little seed in someone's head, that creates an expectation or that changes the path that they may go down. It changes even after the fact, you know, like if you, if you go to social media or YouTube or whatever for other reactions on something that you just watched and maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't love it, maybe you did love it, you can be convinced otherwise. And in some cases, like I've, I've had experiences where I'm like, am I stupid for liking this? Am I just like a, a sheep for liking this? And it's like we've been saying, like someone else said earlier, you know, the algorithm that favors negativity. So whether that's at the front end before you even hear it or see it, or it's after the fact within, you know, a, a short enough period of time where you haven't fully formed your opinion, that can completely change a person's experience. Sometimes it's just, you know, changes the way that, that their entertainment is uh, processed. Sometimes people get completely hosed by like scams and stuff. But in this case, I know I don't want to be a part of that on any level. And that's why I have like pushed so hard since the beginning to to try to get away from like any negativity at all. It's not like we act like we like stuff that we don't. We just don't put that negative energy out there. It's it's not worth our time and it's We don't not talk good. about yeah. the stuff that we don't. And I was just going to say like I I brought this up when I was ranting a minute ago about how it's on it's up to you man. It's your, it's it's your journey that you need to fix you know yourself. You need to work yeah. on yourself. And I would say that think back to a time where there wasn't social media and we didn't have a podcast and you didn't like something, you sit around all night with whoever you were with and just do all the stuff we're talking about that people now do in Paul. You know, I did it. You did it. If you didn't like a movie or a show or a record or something, mm-hmm. you would talk shit about it with your friends. And I would say, so my takeaway from myself, you know, and like the path I want to be on, I could wallow in how my disdain of everything Nick just said and social media. And I, I mean, I'm with you too. Like it's, it could, it could drive me to a, a terrible place mentally to like live in that headspace. But I don't even do the thing that I used to do pre-social media anymore. I don't sit around with anyone and talk crap about anything yeah. because I think that the negativity in social media and whatever, and, and, and the current, again, like the path I'm on, the journey I'm on, the work I'm trying to do, that neg- level of negativity has made me a more positive person. I've, t- I've taken all that negativity and tried to go, wow, I can feel how much I don't like that. I don't want to be a part of that at all. I don't want that in my life from not just from those people and those trolls online. I don't want to do it. And it's gotten to a point now where it's subconscious. I, I just don't, I don't, can't remember the last time I sat around with someone and talked about some, something I didn't like. It's just like not a part of my life or my routine anymore. And so again, as much as I hate social media. Star Cruise are closing. That's how much we, that's what we talked about. That was the last time we were very upset. But we were talking about it with like passion and love for Star Cruiser. We weren't, we weren't. Yeah, we were mourning a loss. Yeah. Yes. And so I I, I would say, you know, thank you, social media, because you, it's such a hellscape. uh, It's such a terrible part of the human experience that it's made me a better person. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to find that sort of outlook in life and this podcast and the way we talk about star Wars, all I'm trying to say has, I think truly enhanced my, my experience as a human being, because I've learned how to only concentrate on the things that make me feel good and let the things that make me feel bad, just slip on by. It's like a merry-go-round, you know, you, you, you put the quarter in the ride, right? goes up and down and around circular circle. 
always harness always good moving. block bad harness good block bad right thank you to anyone who ball, got that quote put put the ball in the hole um you guys have all had the pleasure of djing an emo night and now amash isley yep mm-hmm. it's tight i watched the i watched the video of you guys doing the emo night at the bowling alley or whatever it was uh this weekend it was sick and and I was like, that looks sick. But you know what would have made that so much better? Lightsabers. So <laughs> many lightsabers. So what can you guys say is like the different of you guys have all done this. You've experienced it. Ryan, you had your first Mosh Eyes experience. Like, and then of course we're getting the pictures now, which are amazing. And there's so many great photos. But like, what has been the biggest difference for you guys when you do these? Like, granted, similar events, but there's one with just some massive twists. The fact that you're all massive Star Wars fans and in the crowd is other massive Star Wars fans. What is the difference for you Pick guys me. seeing that? Pick me. Oh, yeah, Pick sure. Me, Hi, Nick. Yeah, Nick. I'm, Nick I'm, and Battle Droid. Go ahead. Immediately envisioning, like, the Wonder Woman 84 Pedro Pascal meme, like, life is good, but it can be better. Like, Emo yes. Night is good, but it can be better. <laughs> You can't upgrade and cosplay Nailed as it. or <laughs> any sort of uh, Star Wars character and have lightsabers. So it's not for everyone, but the people who get to like multiply emo music and Star Wars have the best uh, night. And Mosh Eisley, February 3rd in Orlando. See you there. Yeah. I'll be there. Dude, it's like I love burgers, but French fries... It's a, it's a whole other, other level. You know what I mean? I could eat a really great burger, but if I don't have fries, it's not the same. You know what I mean? I really want to cosplay full Mando and bring my son in a in a yes. um, in a pram <laughs> in a yes. pram. Yeah, because we have a little we have a little like Yoda beanie for him, like for yes. to take pictures when he you know when he's yes. born. Um, sorry, everyone. I won't be posting those on social media. Uh, he's still gonna be wrinkly by then, dude. I don't know if that's safe. I just like I can't. Like, he won't they even, get he won't. remarkably unwrinkly very quick. I just I know, but he he won't. He can't like be in a, a big crowded place like that. Yeah, no, that is smart. He'll explode. I think I would. But say I, I did when when I knew that I could go to the show. I was like, hey babe, you know what would be amazing is if I did a full Beskar Mando cosplay with Callan mm-hmm. in the thing. Like, and she was like, you're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I said yes to a lot. This one, yeah, no. yeah, right. She, right. dude, she has been a trooper, marrying into this. Show. Yeah. She has really been amazing. Yeah. She's a team player. All right. Let's wrap this up. Well, you got to, you got to share your experience with both. I mean, you guys have all been emo nights. Yeah. Emo nights. Great. Um, and either way, there's that connection that like nostalgic validation, like you guys have been talking about of something that we did years ago, still mattering and seeing people, even just listening to it played out of speakers, you know, being there in the room with them going as, as hard and having, full-blown emotional experiences it's incredible so it's incredibly validating um but seeing the intersection of these two fandoms or two types of experiences you know the first one in anaheim was life-changing for me in terms of understanding where we are where i am where the community is and how the things overlap it was it was revelatory in the life-changing sense you know what i mean it just like really put things in the focus made me realize just how special this is you know the the podcast and everything associated I, if you if you want to wrap it up i think you're there because yeah. we started sort of earlier talking about like this is a niche thing and that you know are there more ner- ner- are the nerds outnumber the non-nerds and all that kind of thing mosh isley to me because i'm not involved from like a logistics standpoint you know i'm not like on the on the staff 
we'll say. <laughs> but to me, the concept of it, it's actually not like, um, it, it doesn't like amaze me that it does what it does because when you're attaching it to something like Star Wars Celebration or New York Comic Con or whatever it may be, we've now established tonight we're 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 there. We're all we're all there at Comic Con. The the people are there anyways. So you're you're offering them a fun party to go to. You just it, or it's it's convenient that it gets to be Star Wars because they're all at the con. Everyone at the con is the right age and the right place in their life to celebrate this music, just like they all did in Vegas this weekend. Uh, and they do at Emo Night Brooklyn or whichever other Emo Night all over the country and all over the world. So to me, it's not like this, like, whoa, that is so crazy that Star Wars works with Emo Night. I think, I think it's a perfect uh, party to offer people who are already going to be at a, at a Comic-Con experience. Um, and you, get, you just get to see how real this, this crossover is um, and not in a way that's like, can you believe it? It's like, it's natural. It feels right. It feels normal. Yeah. It feels like this is a time and a place where uh, we are all celebrating music and, and uh, you know, fandoms that we love as adults. And like, it's, it's just, it, I guess that was a very long winded way to say that Mosh Eisley has always made like complete sense to me. And I never thought it was going to be this like super unique crossover. I always thought it was going to crush, like <laughs> offer people at a giant convention with 50,000 people, 100,000 people, a party to go to where they can just stay dressed up from the day. They would all go to emo night anyways, yeah. is my point. Yeah. So it's it's really uh, it's really an amazing uh, opportunity, uh, like moment in time, I think, to offer you know this experience to people because it really really works. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap this up because I have bus call in 24 hours. Going on tour. <laughs> oh, going on tour, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> on the road again. We're going west, west of St. Louis, um, Oklahoma City. I think is the first I see, one. I see you soon, right? Yeah. Yeah, in I, I forgot about that. Two weeks tops. Is there an Actionville show, or it's only West Coast? Uh, we we're doing the we're doing from the Midwest East, starting in um, the uh, first week of January, actually. Oh, so. yeah, I won't. I no, I will be uh, covered in poo poo. Yep. Daddy, yep. poop soup. <laughs> so uh, and shout out to Zach the Maker who is taking us on two of us in my band on a very special adventure with. I don't want to spoil it because I don't want to talk about it on the podcast, but we're doing some very, um, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Hopefully we won't be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. It'll be different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There um, it is. He did it. <laughs> patrons, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for supporting us and thanks for being a part of this amazing community. We love you all. Um, thanks to my wife for putting up with everything and th thanks to her for actually like pushing so hard to go to when we were young because I might not have gone if she wasn't so enthusiastic about going. And uh, we had a great time. We hung out with people. I saw Lil Wayne, like from here to the other side of my house, basically, like right there on stage. It was insane. It was He's insane. quite Lil. He's actually he quite Lil. Yeah. Little Wayne. That's what that stands for? Yeah. yeah. It's short for little. His stature. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, love you guys. Subscribe. Like everyone. Do it. Do it. We appreciate it. Also, leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice because that helps too. And until next week, may the force be with you.
If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible. <laughs>